marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans, we marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans, we marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans, we marking out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans, we marking out, y'all. We're marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to your favorite online listening experience in podcast form. And that's this one. And that's marking out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 512. And we thank you for listening to this, uh, whatever way you're doing it. And if you're doing it, I hope you're rating, reviewing, and subscribing on all of your major podcasting applications. You can find us social media-wise, facebook.com slash out, twitter.com slash out, YouTube and instagram.com slash out 11 and Twitch, twitch.tv slash out. I didn't do the Sunday Night Stream this week because it was Survivor Series, and at 9.30 at night during Survivor Series, I know nobody would pay, be paying attention to it, so we'll bring it back this Sunday. Sunday Night Streams of me playing No Mercy, twitch.tv slash out, prowrestlingtees.com slash out as well. Huge, huge Black Friday sale. If you listen to this Saturday or Sunday or even Monday morning, still going on, 20% off. Go check that out. You don't even need coupon codes. Don't have to put in, you know, no discount code uh, regardless. What you have to do at manscaped.com. Save uh, 20% off and free shipping if you use that at manscaped.com. Uh, just go buy a bunch of shirts. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be epic as the kids these days like to say. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Um, Brandon uh, is still kind of feeling the effects of, uh, you know, his uh, COVID positive test, but he will be here, ladies and gentlemen, because I know you're sick and tired of listening to me, and you don't want to listen to me for a fourth week in a row, but you'll be able to hear him, and you'll be able to see all of his social content on both Facebook, no, no, on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. But joining me right now is Dave, the rave, that all the ladies crave. And you can follow him on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore MO. Dave, how you doing? I am doing excellent. Ready to record. Ever since Survivor Series, I've been looking forward to getting back on this podcast and talk about Survivor Series. I'm excited. I know. I was trying to get Anthony. Our good friend Anthony, friend beers podcast of Thracian, of Lost Becomes, to get on it. But he was like, oh, yeah, I'm uh, going to my friend's house for uh, oh. Thanksgiving because, you know, we're recording on Thanksgiving Eve. And uh, I mentioned this uh, to you earlier. It's Thanksgiving Eve. You know, if this was 10 years ago, we'd be uh, in a jam-packed bar paying a $20 <laughs> cover fee. But, uh, you know, we're, we're you know we're getting older in life. You know, right now, uh, you know, Thanksgiving Eve, we're recording a podcast. But, you know, any uh, good Thanksgiving yeah. Eve memories? Oh, I mean, where to start? I guess you got to start with Rockville Center, yep. and then you always conclude with Patty Power. Uh, well, you know? I that... feel like I feel like no matter what, we always ended up at Patty Power, and it was just it, it kind of got to a point where it felt like Cheers in a way. Norm, where, yeah, like it felt like Cheers in a way because we were friendly with the bartenders and stuff, and you would go in there, and we had our group, we had our clique, and it was just. It felt nice. It was cool. It was, it was just really enjoyable. And um, yeah, what about you? Anything really stand out Thanksgiving Eve wise? So my friend Kyle, he turned twenty one on Thanksgiving Day, but we went out Thanksgiving Eve. So as we said, Rockville Center. We started off just bar hopping in Rockville Center, um, and then somebody had the genius idea to take um, the train to 
a after hours establishment. We'll call it that. <laughs> um, and then we went to this after hours establishment and Dan, Dan, good friend, Dan of the show, uh, still owes me 30 bucks from that venture. <laughs> um, and then it resulted in us leaving this establishment and me calling my mom to pick us up. <laughs> and then I woke up, uh, at like 10 45 the next morning, felt like the man and went downstairs and just drank beers and drank Coors lights and, uh, watched football all day. And it was great. Thanksgiving. Wow. But uh, you know, I we're kind of da- you know kind of dating ourselves here. Uh, what do you got going on? Anything uh, Thanksgiving wise for you? Uh, Thanksgiving wise, currently, um, no. Gonna go actually probably spend it with uh, just to see my grandpa. Um, you know, right now he is in his late nineties, so yeah. you wanna you wanna keep company. Absolutely um, for sure. Even though I know right now it's best to keep your distance and everything like that, but late 90s and stuff like that you kind of want to take advantage oh for sure absolutely you know you want to you want to be supportive you want to be around and uh, and hear the stories and just back in my day yeah um besides that i was invited to go into new york city into well into brooklyn uh this weekend i am still on the fence about it because of everything taking place super spreader country yeah that's the thing you know and it's un- I guess what's uncomfortable is you do see people are going out for food, going out for meals and restaurants and stuff like that, and they're keeping their distance. They're wearing the mask. Of course, you got to take off the mask when you're eating, but for the most part, people are doing okay if they're going out to a restaurant for one night. You know? Yeah. No, I understand. I understand. Um, what about What about you? We're having. The four of us, my four family, my in-laws come over. Um, I have been running around like a maniac today. Just, you know, get the odds and ends of finishing stuff up. Had to, This morning I was at Walmart at 7.30 in the morning getting, you know, sweet potatoes and this, that, and the other thing. I, I saw this basic edge on the uh, shelf that I just had to get. Now it's sitting on my uh, my desk next to my basic Bray Wyatt. I don't know why. I, I kind of like – I mean the basics are kind of like a, a dead and gone style I mean, they're great for kids, for collectors mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They're moot. But, like, it, it's kind of cool just to kind of decorate my desks with it. But, you know, that's what we're doing. And I'm what just playing – what's that? What do you mean the basics? You know, there's basics and there's elites for WWE figures. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, yeah. Walmart, Walmart's getting ready for that big Black Friday push. So they had all the basics and they had one elite and it was Ronda Rousey. All right. Yeah. That's that's per- – I, I definitely agree with you. I feel like the basics and stuff, they're always, they're still good to, like, toss out there and – you know, you also don't have to feel bad if you go to the dollar. What is it? Five and below store and buy a basic for five dollars. Oh yeah, five below. It's the best. The oh, best. Yeah. The best is when they had the retros there for like five bucks. Oh man, I would have. I would have loaded up. I know. Well, I found a Jericho Minton card there, which I have, which I am. I've uh, unofficially, officially started a uh, a Jericho collection. Nice. I have. I know. I have his basic and his AEW figure, and that's it. All right. Are you going to? Is this something that you actually are going to see through? I kind of want to. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to have like, like I think I feel like like a Jericho and Edge collection are like mm-hmm. my two like figures I kind of want to collect of because like Edge is getting so many great figures. He uh, they just came out with the WrestleMania like WrestleMania twenty two when he was against Foley, mm-hmm. and the figure is like outstanding it's my favorite match of all time so i want to get two of them one to let breathe and to like pose mm-hmm. and stuff like that and another one to um you know to keep in the box um but yeah. are you gonna go all the way back to like the jacks wise and stuff like that oh or... yeah I, I that's that's the main goal but right now you know i'm 
I, I'm not. It's not something that's a priority to me. Of course. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just really a hobby that if it comes up, it comes up. Yeah, if it happens, it happens. You know? Good deal. Good deal. But what else? What else has happened this week, Dave? Well, uh, this week we actually had Survivor Series take place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Survivor Series taking place, and it I always love Survivor Series because it, it really, to me, Survivor Series kicked off Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, I, I Well, it always, used to be Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, always Thanksgiving Eve, and it was just always incredible because uh, I would watch the VHS, the good old VHS, pr- the recording of it at my family's house, and it was always fun. But Survivor Series kicked off with The Miz picking up a victory in an 18-man dual brand battle royal. So this is the one, and, and this is something that I was I was discussing with Brandon too. You know, last year NXT ruled house mm-hmm. in Survivor Series. You know, they had that big storyline which came from the big Saudi Arabia thing. So NXT got to kind of, um, you know, take advantage of that this year. Oh nothing. yeah, that that played a big factor this year. Absolutely no, no. La- la- last year, that played a big factor, and I feel like I totally forgot about that, but a lot of the NXT people had to step up because so many people were stuck overseas. But this year, NXT's uh, an afterthought in Survivor Series. And I'm... it kind of makes you think that, like, you know, NXT's like, people are like, NXT's the third brand. No, NXT's the third brand. If you get, if you understand what I mean. I totally understand where you're coming from, and I agree. And it's really. You feel disapp- like on one of the big five shows, they should they should over they should. Per, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. They should show off the third brand, not the third brand. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And it's one thing. It really it's it's disappointing to see last year and be like, wow, this. I mean, last year there was so many markout moments during that Survivor Series alone. Yeah, and even leading up to it, I believe that was when we had Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole. I think. Yes, but yeah, there were so many markout moments leading up, and then Champa on Raw. Like there were so many moments leading up to that that was just so exciting as a wrestling fan. And even if you weren't, if you started to fall off as a WWE fan, like like yourself at the time, yeah, seeing something like that, it roped you right back in, got you hype, right? Yeah. So for them not to include NXT this year was very confusing. It's like you're telling us, like you just said, you're telling us that this is a main roster. Uh, brand NXT is a main roster. It's not the minor leagues, uh, as no. everybody always says. But now, and, now this is showing you that NXT is uh, the minors. Yeah, unfortunately, and I feel like they should have. And they included, have the best products going right now in all WWE. Yeah, they should have included NXT. And just because you include NXT doesn't mean you have to make every match a triple threat match. No, I I 100 agree. But, but you they, they could have at least been in the they could have at least been in the elimination match. You know. Yeah, yes, but you kicked off the main show. Uh, as we said, the Miz won a dual brand battle royal on the pre-show. The uh, main uh, show. R- saw- real quick. Real quick, I'm sorry, but during that Battle Royal, something I got hyped for, and I'm sure I know Brandon did too. I'm not too sure if you did, but Kalisto squaring off with Rey Mysterio, finally. I was, I didn't really – I mean I marked out oh, on the gobbledygooker becoming the 24-7 champion. Yep, that, that was pretty pretty awesome. But Kalisto and Rey, this is something that we've been kind of fantasy booking for so long to see them actually compete against each other for the brief like 20 seconds that they engaged each other. It kind of – gave you hope for our future but that's i thought it was awesome yes but yeah but the main show kicks off with team raw picking up the victory over team smackdown in a clean sweep you had seth rollins essentially be like the you could say the messiah uh the 
the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. You know, being the first person eliminated. But then, like, you see the marks on the internet being, you know, Seth Rollins only did that so he didn't have to work with Matt Riddle. You know, there was that... No know. way. Yeah. Yeah, but apparently that... But So they said that because, you know, a, a bunch of months ago, Seth Rollins said in an interview, oh, I never want to work with Matt Riddle. Or Riddle, whatever he's called now. But uh-huh. now they're saying that that was the way for Seth Rollins to kind of write himself off a of TV. And I said this last week, too, that... I think it's time for Seth Rollins, you know, especially with with a child on the way, to mm-hmm. kind of fade into the sunset for now. After last week's SmackDown against Murphy, it's a it's a great way for him to just kind of write himself off a of TV, come back, maybe repackage this Messiah type character, and that and as I said, absence makes the heart grow fonder. He comes back, he gets a huge pop. Maybe he doesn't come yeah. back to like WrestleMania. I don't know when Becky Lynch is due. Regardless, that's one. Yeah. He's I, got I, coupon I, code twenty percent off I, free I, shipping. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that Rollins sacrificing himself to the Monday Night Raw brand and for SmackDown, I think that th- that could write him off for a little bit. Um, yeah, I know. He didn't get put through a table or anything like that, but the sacrificial stuff. It, it works put... with his gimmick. Exactly. And yes. I, I love his gimmick. I love the recreation of Seth Rollins. Yeah. So um, but this entire match, it was Team Raw finally coming together as a unit and SmackDown just not being able to piece put it put the pieces together can we talk um, about how awesome keith lee was with that um he had he had uh was a jay on his shoulders then flipped him into a power bomb and hit the spirit bomb how great oh, was that that was i epic. marked out so hard i mean even the part where keith lee uh i think he did a samoan drop to uh otis he did he got yeah. him up on the shoulders for a move and just to be able to lift him up like that this match i thought it was fun yeah it was a lot of fun it was a lot of yeah. fun uh, next up, one of this is maybe one of the two my two favorite matches of the night. The Street Profits pick up the victory over the New Day. Um, first of all, we got to talk about the New Day. They're in Gears Five and they come out in full Gears Five gimmick with their attire that's in the game. They have Biggie introduce them. They all walk down and then the Street Profits cut like a five minute promo. And Brandon was texting me during this. I'm like, you know why they're doing this, right? Because you know, they have this attire on and they have to get it off before they get in the ring. <laughs> oh. You didn't realize that either? No. Yeah. No. That that makes a lot of sense. But this match was tag team wrestling at its finest. And I, I loved it. I saw whatever Dax Harwood say, Thank you, New Day, thank you, Street Profits. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you. And the Street Profits is they're such a young tag team and to see them do so great as a tag team it's unbelievable and new day uh putting over the younger tag teams is just it's so much fun to see and this match did not it did not let us down i love the doomsday blockbuster at the end i popped huge for that i was like whoa i'm like that's like now that's a move that they have to i mean montez ford hitting that giant the cash out the ginormous frog splash is outstanding but like this is like the tag team move and i'm glad that they can you can kind of say they I listen. You know, I, I say it all the time. I don't watch WWE, but mm. if they start using this, this can be like their signature move now. Make this the cash out instead of the frog splash. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And every time I see him do that frog splash, I always have uh, visions of RVD. With oh the, my god! W- with the way that he sells it at the end, you know, like RVD. R- no, but like that- RVD would hit it, and then he would bounce so high up off the ground, and then hit the hit the thing, hit the uh, yeah. the pin. Exactly. He would bounce up, but then he would like sell it like, oh, that hurt my stomach so much. And then here's the pin. 
He would like crawl over to a pin, kind of like what Ford's doing. It's very similar. Yeah. Uh, next up, you had Bobby Lashley, the U.S. champion, pick up the victory over Sami Zayn, who was the IC champ by submission. Uh, yeah, by submission. Sami Zayn didn't stand a chance. Uh, but I, uh, Sami Zayn, the way that he was, uh, Anthony, you know, good friend Anthony, I mentioned him all the time. He was just like, Sami Zayn's the best. I'm like, and at this time, because I wasn't watching, I wasn't watching it live. I had to go back and rewatch it again. I was putting mm-hmm. my daughter to sleep. I'm like, did Sami Zayn win? He goes, no, but the way he sells is just outstanding. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that this, this new persona of him and everything, and I, I'm such a big Sami Zayn fan, and the the funny thing is, Sami Zayn doesn't have to win to be over. No, that's how great but, he is. He but that's how but that's over. how heels get over. That's the yeah. thing. Like a good heel doesn't have to win every single match. They get over it because like the way that they'll lose, or you know, certain things. I I forget. What, like Sami Zayn was talking about how like oh I never quit. You know, this is. Did he say something about collusion? I believe so. I mean, even even the way that he came back into the IC championship setting, yeah, it was pure heel about I never lost this. This is my championship. Yeah, it's it's great. I love it, and I think, mm-hmm. and especially from being you know an El Generico like character that allegedly Sami Zayn was to going that he was now, like like this guy has to be like a WWE lifer now. You know, if they do one of these mass firings, Sami Zayn should not be one of these guys because they have a guy that eventually. When people are allowed back in the into the arena, can get heat. They can oh, get yeah. heat from the the everyday fan, the you know, the the kid fan that WWE caters to. But then they he'll be loved by the the you know the I, IWC. And and the great thing with the Sami Zayn is it, uh, about him is that he is a great heel, and he's also a great face. Yeah. And on top of all of remember, that, like, remember that run he had in NXT when he went yeah. to uh, when he won the we won the title. Then he had that amazing feud with Kevin Owens. Oh yeah, and then so now the the cherry on the top of all this is at some point this is so slim. But if they wanted to, he also still has the El Generico that they could pull out at any time. <laughs> I'd know? lose it. I'd lose it. I'd be like Randy Marsh. It's just, it's just Ectoplasm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's the that's the great thing with Sami Zayn is that. He has so much going for him that he doesn't need his prior persona. But if they ever did, he would be gold. Yeah, absolutely. Even more so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Next up, Sasha Banks defeats Asuka in a women's champion versus women's champion match. I'm kind of, I mean, I want to say I'm surprised about this, but I'm Mm -hmm. kind of not because, you know, Sasha Banks has been on a roll. She beat Bailey. She has this role in the Mandalorian now. Now she beats Asuka. So they're really kind of high. And and I saw somebody on Twitter pointing out, it's like, oh, they're really trying to hype up Sasha Banks uh, to the the women's champion that doesn't lose it in the first title defense. So they're really kind of hyping up Sasha Banks to be the, you know, the uber baby face on SmackDown. Yeah, I I think that this was uh it was a great match and unfortunately I Oscar just keeps on picking up these losses when it counts like when it really matters and I still blame Charlotte Flair huh. ever since uh, that WrestleMania Oscar wasn't the same since she's been back she she was in NXT they ruined her on the main roster huh. dude that is so <laughs> true. Thank you for speaking the truth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go for type sure. it on my keyboard on uh, WrestleForms right now. <laughs> I'm going to book this differently in my eFed. <laughs> uh, next it... up, you had uh, anything else with, or no? Oh, that's going to go into a tangent. Let's right. else, but let's continue on. 
All right, next up you had Team Raw. Nia Jax, Baszler, Lana, Royce, and Evans pick up the victory over Team SmackDown, Bel Air, Liv, Riot, and Natalia. Um, and who was the sole survivor? Lana. And what, Lana. Have we, what have we been saying for weeks? Yeah. Lana's been getting thrown through these tables, and eventually it's going to turn out that somehow she's going to be the sole survivor on Survivor, on, on Survivor Series. And I, I know there, there, was, there was a WWE documentary that was released this week on yeah. Lana, too, where she's, like, they kind of showed, like, you know, her, you know, her kind of paying her dues. Did, did they bring up Miro at all? I, do, I didn't watch it. I just okay. I, I saw the viral clip of her like having a full blown meltdown like everybody in the wrestling community like Brandy Rhodes reached out to her. Oh jeez. Yeah, Brandy Rhodes was like, "Hey, listen." She's like she's like, "You need anything, you talk to me." Which I think is great because again, you know, it's not about and it, it's funny too because I was listening to AEW Unrestricted with um, the best friends with Chuck and Trent and and Chuck Taylor has a, has a great point. He goes, he goes, this isn't a ratings war. He goes, I want everybody to succeed. He's like, all of my friends are on NXT, yeah. so it's you know it, it it just and like hey, Miro's contracted to AEW. His wife is in WWE. It just kind of shows you that like wrestling is wrestling, and everybody wants everybody to succeed, but there is this the fan bases don't want the others to succeed yeah and you know something... like right like right now as we're recording this i have aew on the on, on my tv in the background you have nxt on the background are mm-hmm. both shows great probably yeah. without a doubt without you know? a doubt so so something with that is that goes back to your point of everybody supporting everybody the lot of stuff we also don't know if that was just purely scripted which it may have been just like the total divas right yeah it could have totally been scripted in order to get that sympathy support for lana even further over in survivor series so with that being said brandy rhodes and some of these other people could easily be in on it and even even still they probably know that it's it is a work and they're to play up this entire thing and to help lana get over they're reaching out to the support because then other fa- fans see it and they're like, wow, this is really this is really impactful that she's reaching out to her and this and that. I mean, it's really cool to see it overall. I mean, same thing happens with Randy Orton and uh, Talking Shop. <laughs> well, you, know? you, you realize in the last Talking Shop, they, they started a, uh, a new stable, right? Uh, what was the stable called? Um, I don't think I could say it on oh. <laughs> a PG but it's the Nature Boy Paul Lee. It's Mike Knox as Dave Batista. It's Mark Jindrak as Triple H, which I find hilarious because you know Mark Jindrak was and then um they have some comedian playing Randy Horton, but they call him Randy Horton. That's that's it, awesome. honestly like, it, 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 uh, once once we're done I'll, I'll, we'll talk about talking yeah. Jeff it is cuz I watched I watched it again this weekend so good. It's just cool to see everybody supporting everybody in wrestling, besides the fans supporting everyone. <laughs> yeah, because the fans are the worst. Yes. Um, and oh, then with this ahead. match, Bianca Belair was awesome. And the thing with Lana, we knew that she was going to be a sole survivor, but the way that they went about it, I actually liked. Yeah. The fact that she was told to stay outside of the ring, stay on the steps, and don't get involved, and she did exactly that. And by doing that, she won. That so I, th- I thought that was awesome. Yeah. 
And what was your main event of the evening? But it really, like, your main event match of the evening. You have Roman Reigns, as expected. Roman Reigns picks up the victory over Drew McIntyre uh, by technical submission, but he cheated. And Jey Uso come in and hit a super kick. But they really gave this match a real big fight feel to it. I if they told like an awesome match. they they told a great story in this match. Yeah. You know, you you, you kind of had those seats. Oh my god, Drew McIntyre might be able to do this. But then you know, as the smart wrestling fan, you're like, oh man, it's like yeah, Roman Reigns is winning. So yeah, I mean this 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 match had total WrestleMania feelings surrounding it for me at least. Yeah, no, it did, and, and we spoke about this last week. You know, this was. Uh, allegedly going to be the main event of WrestleMania this coming year. But it was this, and I think they did the right job with it because I don't think Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton would have had the same big fight feel to it. Well, if you had this book back then, we would also probably not have the impact that Jey Uso had in this match because the Usos were still together as a team and we didn't have any injuries or anything back then. Yeah. So now that Jimmy is out with an injury, you have Jay Free to make the interference in this, helping Roman Reigns pick up that victory. That... Um, and Jay, Jay, uh, Jay Uso also kind of getting his retribution of uh, – I hate that I said that. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, they used but... it so much on commentary that I do. I know, but his – but. For real, Jey Uso got his retribution and his redemption uh, in being the so, being the last team uh, SmackDown person from the, his uh, respected match into helping Roman Reigns win this match for SmackDown. You know, even though he lost it for SmackDown back then, he was able to win the one that counted. So yeah. pretty cool, pretty cool. And then your real main event of the evening. It was uh, The Undertaker's uh, final farewell. Uh, the, you know, it's coming out the past week. The Undertaker's retiring, finally, after 30 years to the date of his debut at Survivor Series. And he had a send-off and a half. You know, it started off with some of his closest friends. I love seeing The Godfather. I love seeing The Godwins. Oh, man, I marked. Yeah, I know. You texted me, but I fell asleep. I marked out for the Godwins. I marked out for Savio Vega. I know. I mean, these are wrestlers that we haven't seen in such a long time. Like Kevin Nash. Okay, we've seen him come back. And HBK, we've seen him come back. But Savio Vega and um, what is it? The What's their group? The, uh, um, Los Periquas? B- no, no, oh, no. Oh, the no, BSK. No. The Backseat yeah, back Crew. Yeah, BSK. The one thing that was missing was... Yoko, you know, I went in, I know, oh, and yeah, they had, and the Paul Bearer, her, like the Paul Bearer, uh, it was just Doo-doo. amazing. Oh, and Kane wearing his, Kane yeah, gear. Kane, the only one that comes out in full gimmick, dude, huge mark out, yeah, no, I, uh, I, you'd think he'd come out in his, his suit and uh, his suit and tie, but uh, big baby but, Glenn, but uh, you know, and then, but then it cuts. Gives this great video package of like the Undertaker throughout the years, and then you have like the Undertaker's music played on electric electricity. I, I marked out for that Tesla stuff. That's that's what that is. Yeah, yeah, I believe Tesla created uh, was the inventor of all of that. Man, Elon Musk <laughs> names his kid a binary code. Makes the oh Undertaker- no, not not like I mean like original Tesla Tesla, not Elon Musk Tesla. <laughs> oh, like Tesla, like the band, yeah, Nikola Tesla. 
I, I Tesla. You go, you whoo, go right over my head. Here. <laughs> uh, regardless, um, and, and then the Undertaker comes out, makes his grand entrance, and he says it's finally time for the Undertaker to rest in peace. Does the the hand gimmick? And he had was it a hologram or did they like the way that they shot it? Like they kind of had it over the shoulder and. I saw on Twitter people say hologram, but in my opinion, it looked like they just had him appear on the screen. Yeah, that's what I thought too. People like I thought it would be cool if they did like the Dio style hologram right next to him. Oh, dude, it. But that's what no I would. Matter, pop- yeah, and no matter what they how they did it, whether it was hologram or on the screen, it hit home. Yeah, and I... yeah, it was just so powerful, and I like. I was you're just watching the Undertaker like like this guy right now has to be holding back tears. Oh yeah, and then, and you see like the behind the scenes pictures of like him and, and Candice Michelle or whatever her name is Michelle with cool mm-hmm. hugging afterwards. What's a big like defining Undertaker moment for you? Oh, uh, probably him versus uh, Damian Demento. Really? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> A real Undertaker. I do like that. Does stand out to me though, because that was one of the first Monday Night Raws. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that. That's a defining moment in the the WWE era in WWE history. Yeah, that was the first Monday Night Raw, I believe, where he faced Damian Demento, and that that really stood out to me. But um, there's so much. I guess a lot of his older stuff. I just always viewed him as a larger than life character wrestler, and I was always fascinated. To the point where you saw The Undertaker and you wanted to see more. You had this guy, Paul Bearer, come out. And there was just so uh, so much mystery surrounding him. And what's in the urn? Uh, when they take it off, there's a huge light coming out of it. There's all, all this smoke. Like, just so much surrounding his character. So, yeah. Um, I mentioned it on last week's uh, show. It was my match of the week. Uh, the Undertaker. Were you there? Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25 at Mike's house. I uh, maybe, maybe. I, I, I don't and, remember. But that was like I think that's that's the last match, and I, I said it. And I'll I'll fully admit it. That's the last match that I cried during, uh-huh. because it was just it was so it was such an epic match. But my earliest like record like Undertaker memory was Undertaker versus Undertaker at SummerSlam. Yeah. I vividly remember because I my biological father had a friend that he worked with in the police department that moved to Florida. We went down and visited him, and he had the, the cracked cable box, and <laughs> we watched SummerSlam. And that's the first SummerSlam I watched, and that's what hooked me in. Wow! And I still remember that. I and yeah. I, I'll still go back and watch it to this day. Now I, that also WrestleMania 22, where it was him versus Batista, and he beat Batista. Mm-hmm. And how can we not forget the WrestleMania where he chokeslammed Zack Ryder on the, uh, the ring apron? Yeah, you know, there's so many so many moments that really stand out. And I think, like, some feuds that I loved was him versus Yokozuna. Oh, um, my God, the casket so, match. Yeah, like, like I just remember, uh, like, even him versus Kamala with that casket match. And Kamala selling his fear in his eyes as the Undertaker just stalked him. And the Undertaker, the way that he always got up off of the ground, uh, you thought that the other person, the other person would always think that they had one up on the Undertaker and they would turn away. And then when they're not looking up, he just sat right up. He's like Michael Myers, you know? Yeah. 
he's just coming right at you. Yeah. And just this larger than life character and um yeah, there's so many moments that really stand out for the Undertaker and it just it stinks about the retirement, but you know that had to happen. The one thing that stinks the most is that there's no crowd. Yeah, which kind of like but yeah. But like I, the way the Undertaker's career has ended, like I don't think the Undertaker would have retired if he didn't have that graveyard match or the the bone yard match. I, I think they would have done it in front of like if if there was no COVID, like it, they would have done it in front of a capacity crowd. It would have been great, and then they would have kept going with it. But the way that they ended with that boneyard match, and in my opinion, that's the match of the year, is that boneyard match. Because it was, A, it, it brought cinematic wrestling to the forefront. Yes, we had cinematic wrestling before with Matt Hardy stuff and Lucha Underground and all this stuff. But it brought it to the forefront of everything. And it was so well done. And then just also to the way that it ended with The Undertaker hopping on his motorcycle and just go, and just driving off in the sunset. You can't, like, you can't do anything else with The Undertaker after that. I t- Besides I totally... these awesome cameos. Yeah, I... I... Totally agree with you. And you know what? That's kind of like, it's kind of weird to think that COVID kind of assisted all of that. Yeah, I know. Because, and it's such a weird thought. Because without COVID, like you said, he would probably have a few matches. And who knows the caliber, you know? We saw him in the Saudi Arabia matches. And they're not, he's getting up there. So for him to have be have this opportunity to have these cinematic matches due to the lack of crowd, really honed into the undertaker his character his gimmicks and his ability to okay now he could do a choke slam and then they could break they could take a breather and then they could re-record and then they could really get everything spot on as it should be there's no bloopers there's no mess ups if there are it could be sliced out yeah. so it really worked into perfection and this i agree that was the match of the year and it's kind of funny that undertaker really brought that into um the forefront of everything like you mentioned yeah and there there's not gonna be anybody other than to the caliber of the undertaker the one thing i'll say that i'm kind of bummed about we're never gonna get an undertaker fiend match because that you could do especially with the graveyard the boneyard, boneyard match and the firefly funhouse match mm-hmm. with those two styles of matches that they did cinematically the world is the WWE's oyster. This is yeah. a Kuma, this is a Kumamoto oyster right here. They're just cracking open, and I, whoosh, the possibilities. I know, the and think about brightness. And, and the match that will always, for now on, forever be fantasy matchup is Sting versus Undertaker. Yeah, and we'll never see that. Which, which is kind of also a little bit better in a way that we never get to see that because it's always going to be that. Hey, what if? Yeah. They ever faced off. You know, we we will never know because it never happened. And they are such uh, giant legends in the pro wrestling industry where I think it's kind of more legendary status that it never takes place. No, I, I have certain matches you can never like I, I never like never want to see. You know, like yeah. you never did you see did you ever see Hulk Hogan versus Stone Cold? Yes. Okay. Rats. I'll, I'll bleep that. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but gonna, I don't remember it. 
Yeah, I don't remember it either, but, like, that... And then, like, the new versus old school. But anyway, like... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You were asking if we ever had that match. Yeah. Oh, I don't... That I... I thought that Brandon, maybe I Brandon's did, listening right now, and I'm probably going to get text, but she'll be like, well, we saw that match here at this. That's the thing. I don't – maybe maybe we didn't see that match, and I'm just visualizing them doing their beer bash and stuff. Yes, for sure. You know? For sure. But br- cheers to The Undertaker for having 30 years of, like, y- this can never be recreated ever again in professional wrestling. Um, and cheers to Survivor Series 2020 for – having a solid card i concur for sure cheers 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 I, i'm actually, i've been drinking a little bit of whiskey in this thanksgiving eve so you, you know you gotta have a couple um but anyway let's kick it to brandon and monday night raw monday night nitro well thanks thanks for doing that dave yeah not a problem cousin brandon so how are you feeling? Oh, I'm totally awesome as always. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you really feeling? <laughs> you know, honestly, like I I still feel really like bad. Yeah. But the the United States calls you up and tells you you don't have covid anymore, so <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I assume I don't have covid anymore, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you but hear my still... voice, I'm still having effects from it. Yeah, you still have the effects of it and can't, your can't, taste uh, and sensation. It's yeah. slowly coming back. I lit a match yesterday and I was able to smell it, so that was fine. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like, I don't know. I was, I mean, I've, it sucks having COVID. <laughs> yeah. It really did. Yeah. And it sucks I, even the, the, to still feel like this. Mm-hmm. So don't get I'm COVID, sure. wear a mask, wash your hands. I said it when I was on the the show when I opened it last week. So yeah, but but yeah, Monday Night Raw kicks off with Team Raw from Survivor Series: AJ Styles, Braun Strowman, uh, now known as just Riddle, Sheamus, and Keith Lee, as well as Adam Pierce. Um, and Adam Pierce wanted them to all state their case as to why they deserve uh, a championship title match against uh Drew McIntyre. Braun ends up freaking out, headbutts Adam Pierce, and it was later announced that Braun was suspended indefinitely. Yeah, I don't understand that entire like last but not least. It's like yeah, it, I it's don't know. A, I mean, I don't know what's up with Braun, but I don't know why what the reason be t- for writing him off and suspending him is. Yeah. But uh that was it for then. Uh we come back, we see a a, a the Hurt Business somehow picking up a victory over New Day, even though it was definitely a double countout. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that at all. Like, I went back, I watched it over and over again. Shelton Benjamin is still outside the ring just as much, I believe, as Kofi Kingston was. Mm-hmm. MVP grabs the microphone and said that it shouldn't end like that and then challenged them to come back, which they did. Uh, this was a title match, um, but New Day defeated Hurt Business to retain. And I thought, you not so much, but I thought this match was an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. There were there were moments. I mean, there were moments that it didn't seem like the chemistry didn't fully align. It, I don't I mean, know just, if it was... All you have to do is look at the... For me to say it was a mess, you just have to look at the, the ending of that last thing. They mm-hmm. announced that it was a double countout. 
Yeah. And then the referee waves that off and, and raises her business's hand. They were both yeah. outside the ring. Yeah. I don't know what kind of audible that was, but after that. Not the that, best one. <laughs> yeah. After that, we saw Adam Pierce interviewed and said that if it was up to him, Braun Strowman would have been fired. But Bobby Lashley comes over, cuts him off, and mentions that he was the only champion to win at Survivor Series. Randy Orton, which that doesn't even make sense because he wasn't the only champion to win at Survivor Series. The actual, well, yeah. I mean, no, well, yeah. no, because the the actual tag team champions, although they were on the winning team, they were both disqualified and counted out. So, yeah, that doesn't count. And I guess that doesn't really mean uh, they're not Raw tag team champions. Mm-hmm. By Raw, I mean Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, mm-hmm. but uh, he wants his title shot against. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton shows up. Uh, Adam Pierce sets up three singles matches where the winners going to be facing each other's. All three winners will be facing each other's each other's. Why do I keep saying that? Each other in a triple threat match next week on Monday Night Raw. Which the first match of the three saw Matt Riddle defeat Sheamus to move on to the triple threat next week. Uh, and I thought this was a really good match. I I would have liked to maybe have seen this be done in a fight pit. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't really want to see the fight pit. I liked it for what it was. I know that they did have a match back on SmackDown a, a while back. And it like before the draft and everything. And it was a really entertaining match. And this match was just the same. Yeah, but it just was think how much more elevated it could have been inside of the fight pit. Uh, I don't think it's necessary. I, obviously, it's not necessary, yeah. but like, it's just fun. Yeah. Speaking of fun, the next segment, the Firefly Funhouse, <laughs> yeah. uh, which Bray Wyatt brought up without actually mentioning Randy Orton burning down the Wyatt family compound. Um, it also brings up Nikki Cross and a new character was introduced, Friendship Frog who I was instantly a fan of, and then Alexa Bliss killed him, so that was hard, especially during Thanksgiving week. <laughs> um, but it was entertaining. Uh, this, It's really weird to see Alexa Bliss dress as like a, a kindergartner. Mm-hmm. Why? What do you mean, why? That's a weird thing. Well, what's... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm a fan of it. I think that it's totally... Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not a her. fan, but... Yeah, I I, I, I think it's it's perfect for her character, and it shows such a regression in her mental state that it's entertaining. Yeah. Um, and then earlier in the night, we saw Lana being interviewed about being the sole survivor on the Survivor Series team and potentially maybe getting a Raw Women's Championship match against Asuka, which nothing came of that, but Asuka cuts her off later on and talks to her about a women's championship match. And Lana's like, oh, no, no. And Asuka accepts the match. It did not matter that Lana was saying no. Asuka accepts the match. They have the match where Asuka defeats Lana to retain the, the championship, but only via disqualification because we saw... Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler out there on commentary, and they both end up attacking Asuka. Mm-hmm. They go to put Asuka through the commentary table, and Lana saves it, uh, saves Asuka. They run off. Nia Jax challenges them to a match, and then Asuka and Lana pick up the victory over Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Um, 
where at one point Lana sidesteps Nia Jax outside the ring. She goes flying over the, the, the commentary table. Uh, and then Shayna Baszler locks her in the Kirifuda clutch, but Asuka rolls her up to win. I yeah. thought I was entertained by this, and I kind of wouldn't mind seeing Lana and Asuka as tag team champions. I know it's like, eh, you don't really want the Raw Women's Champion to also be the, the tag team champion. But it's something interesting that could happen. It's something that I, at this point, wouldn't mind. They've kind of been doing something with Lana. I'm going to totally disagree. I don't want to see Asuka, who is the woman champion, also be the tag team champion right now. I don't like, because it is the this sort of the COVID era and everything, I don't want somebody to be two champions well, especially not in the women's division. And with Lana, I think that she doesn't need a championship right now. Just see what happens with this. And, of course, it's going to end up with the tag team aspect because of Baszler and Jax. But I'd rather it not be Asuka. I'd rather it be someone else. And I still don't see anything becoming with this Lana storyline. Uh, it's entertaining that it keeps on being that it's all like her offense is really just avoidance, but I believe she's 10 and one with the commentary table. Yeah. Or either is it nine and one or 10 and one? I'm not sure which the number mm-hmm. count is that. I, yeah, it's just a, it's more of a storyline that I don't want to see play out for too long. Well, uh, after that, we saw Keith Lee defeat Bobby Lashley via disqualification to move on to the triple threat match next week. Uh, MVP attacked Keith Lee during this. Which I don't understand, once again, why... I don't understand why uh, someone on your team is causing a uh, DQ. Especially because Bobby Lashley went to Adam Pearce to say, I want the title shot. Yeah. And now your manager or teammate cost you that title shot. Yeah. So that's what I don't understand. And I guess maybe this will play into factor next week. And hopefully it's not the end of the hurt business. Oh, that's not going to happen. Then, then it doesn't. And I don't think, I don't think the hurt business needs a title right now. Yeah, I agree with you. But then it doesn't make sense as to MVP with the Lashley aspect because Lashley stated that this is something he wanted. I think what it is is that he's saving his client from looking like a loser. Yeah, true. So in my – like I didn't really mind that disqualification. Mm -hmm. I just didn't like the fact that we basically had back-to-back DQ finishes. Uh, Take out the tag team match. The the prior finish was a a DQ with Asuka Mm -hmm. and Lana. Yeah, I hear you. After this, we saw Alexa Bliss defeat Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross's new theme song is Garbage. Does not fit her character at all. I thought they played the wrong theme for a moment. That's funny. Um, But during the match, Alexa Bliss started freaking out. She starts crying, uh, asking for help from Nikki Cross. And then they hug, mm-hmm. and Alexa Bliss hits her with what I'm going to call a modified Sister Abigail. Wasn't the greatest of looking things. Uh, and Alexa Bliss was just like smiling after she beat Nikki Cross. I am so entertained with 
everything that Alexa Bliss is doing. And I think that this thing with Nikki Cross is going to have to stop at some point because I don't want to see this continue. I mean, I get it. Nikki Cross wants to save Alexa Bliss, but I think that she's unsavable at this moment. Yeah, that's that's definitely a, a possibility. Yeah. Uh, and then the main event, we saw AJ Styles defeat Randy Orton to also move on to the triple threat match next week. Um, it's funny because commentary is like, this could be a WrestleMania match. And it's like, brother, it literally was. <laughs> it was a <laughs> WrestleMania match last year. Um, but yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this match. I had my fingers crossed big time that we wouldn't see Randy Orton walk out uh, as the winner of this match. And luckily, we saw the Fiend gimmick start to happen. He appeared, yeah. which is not something that would we would ever be able to see in a normal, setting, non-COVID yeah. setting. But I mean, he, it, it was fun, though, because the way that he appeared and then, I guess, disappeared. Yeah. Uh, it didn't really spoil. The one thing that I did that was spoiled was when the fiend returned to the ring, like actually got to ringside. Uh, that was a little bit annoying, but not, I, I let it go. But production wise, there was a quick splice of where you see the fiend going over the barrier. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah. I, I noticed that. And I was just like, crap. Okay. Now, obviously the fiend is going to reappear. And that's when he appeared behind Randy Orton uh, mm. for the, last one but you kind of saw real quick they showed the fiend climbing over the barrier and for that aspect i was just like oh come on um but overall i was a fan yeah he he did disappear aj styles hit the phenomenal forearm and next week we will we will be seeing riddle versus keith lee versus aj styles to see who will be facing drew mcintyre i have to assume it's going to be AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people perhaps are hoping Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre kind of been a thing that's been building. Yeah. But we yeah. shall see. Moving over to NXT, we saw Kevin Owens filling in for Wade Barrett on commentary this week. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I think that it's always cool to see Kevin Owens return to NXT and he did a great job, too. Yeah. Uh, we also, first match of the evening, we saw Ember Moon pick up the victory over Candice LeRae. Indy Hartwell was out there with Candice. Uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez ended up out ringside. Uh, Candice LeRae picked up the victory. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. Can, my bad. Can, yeah, Candice LeRae picked up the victory over Ember Moon. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, but um, it, it, was, it was a cool match, and I love that. You had Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai getting involved there, causing a distraction for Indy Hartwell to pretty much sacrifice herself to take the uh, the eclipse, the eclipse um, finisher, and everything. And then Candice hit the the fairy tale ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at the very end, you had Tony Storm come out, and it looked like she was about to join Ember Moon in getting into the ring to try to help with the beatdown, but she turned on Ember Moon and started to attack her pushed her into the ring and kind of sacrificed her to all of them and it ended up that she was revealed to be the fourth member of team candace at war games is it fourth or fifth i believe the fourth 
I thought according according to WWE.com, the fourth member. So then Indy's not on the team. Potentially not, which I am okay with it. I mean, doesn't mean she can't be at ringside. She could still be a very right, very much so of a factor. Um, yeah, and it was it was later on introduced that she's part of the War Games team. I'm really looking forward to that. Next up, you had Kushida. Pick well, up the no, before that, we had a bunch of stuff. We had Legato del Fantasma, um, where they went through a list of people that they've taken out. And moved on to Kurt Stallion. So I assume we're going to be seeing... I know they've been doing a bunch of stuff on 205 Live. But we don't really cover 205 Live. So now that it's factoring into NXT... Mm -hmm. I assume we'll be seeing Kurt Stallion versus uh, uh, Santos Escobar coming up soon. I'm all for it. I'm a big fan of Kurt Stallion. And it's going to be a good match. Then we saw the Undisputed Era uh, in a, a promo where Adam Cole said that they're not dead and how people have tried over and over to, t- to take them out and kill them and, and get them out of NXT, but they've failed over and over, which is interesting to have seen that uh, aspect of like, because when normally when somebody's trying to get rid of Undisputed Era, they are heels. Mm-hmm. So now it's kind of interesting because there's somewhat faces here. Um, but they were looking, they had to pick a member of Undisputed Era to face Pete Dunn later in the night. And Kyle O'Reilly stepped up and said that he's the one that needs to face Pete Dunn. Uh, so that match was set up. Then we saw Kushida defeat Timothy Thatcher. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa this- sat ringside for this. Yeah, so Champa sat ringside. This was a good match. The one thing that is kind of annoying is Thatcher and the amount of losses that he's been picking up recently, but it does play into the factor with Champa being a distraction to him and Kushida coming out strong with that submission hold. Yeah, he made Timothy Thatcher tap out. But I don't think Thatcher has that many losses. Uh, I believe he lost last week or two weeks ago. I forgot who he lost to, though. Um, But after that, we saw Pete Dunn being interviewed about facing Kyle O'Reilly. And he said that if he was the one that faced Finn Balor, instead of being out for just two months, he would be out for two years. Hmm. So maybe that's going to build up to Pete Dunn versus Finn Balor for the NXT championship. It's very possible. After war war games. So I'm looking forward to that. We saw the Kevin Owens show with Leon Ruff, North American champion. I thought this was a fantastic segment. Yeah, I, I like the aspect of Leon Ruff playing that kind of surprise champion uh, where they even showed the clip of the belt not fitting his waist and how he's not – he's really being portrayed as not being supposed to – not supposed to be a champion. Yeah, but but under- Kevin Owens was building him up like and saying exactly what he needs to do to to believe that he's champion. And yeah. Leon Ruff brought up how he beat Johnny Gargano twice before, and Kevin's like, "Uh oh, you never do that. You never mention somebody else's name on the show because then they come out." And he like pointed to the screen. He's like, "Then they come out." And then finally, yeah. Johnny Gargano came out. And it was a running theme throughout that whole segment because Johnny then uh, brought up Damian Priest and Priest was the one that came out after that. 
Um, and it was just, uh, it was just a good segment overall. That yeah, I totally agree with you. It ends up Johnny challenges uh, Leon Ruff to a match. Damian Priest is like, well, I never really got my rematch. And then Kevin Owens is like, oh man, if only we had our own version of Teddy Long. No, mm-hmm. I guess not. And then William Regal finally comes out and sets up a triple threat match for the North American Championship at War Games. And like I said, it was just a really fun overall segment. Yeah, next up you had Cameron Grimes pick up the victory over Jake Atlas. This was a nice match, and what was cool about it was at the end where Dexter Loomis got involved. Uh, And this is going to end up setting up a strap match between the two of them. Yeah. I'm uh, really looking forward to this strap match. Uh, William Regal meeting up with Cameron Grimes backstage, making it official. So this is going to be another War uh, War Games match. It is going to be Cameron Grimes taking on um, whatever Dexter his fake is, uh, face is, Dexter Loomis, in a strap match. And I liked the I liked the that the video that Loomis was playing was also paired with drawings that he did. Yeah, he's That's a great sure. artist. Mm-hmm. After that, we saw Rhea Ripley say that she is in NXT to stay. And Candice LeRae came out with Tony Storm, eventually followed by Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, who had Io Shirai knocked out. Ripley tried to take them on, but she ends up just getting completely attacked and got. Yeah, which I guess we'll find out soon who's going to be uh, assistant Rhea Ripley. Yeah, we have to assume that Rhea Ripley, though, will be on Team Shotzi yeah. for War Games. Uh, but later on, Candice LeRae warned anyone that joined Shotzi Blackheart's team. And then we saw another ghost face. Like we originally thought there were two of. Mm-hmm. So who helped Johnny Gargano? All signs maybe point to Austin Theory. I don't know. Yeah. But Most maybe uh, Team Shotzi will be Shotzi Blackheart, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley. And somebody else. Mm-hmm. Then so we saw the- a segment with Boa and Zia Lee, uh, which I thought was a really well done, well shot segment. They were begging somebody for forgiveness, and they were both marked with black X's. And there was a definite female lead there, dressed as a higher power esque character, giving orders. So I don't know who has control over Boa and Zia Lee. But I'm definitely looking forward to finding out. Imagine it's, uh, who's that, the Japanese female wrestler? But that, why would that make sense, though, if they're all Chinese? I don't know. Why not? Well, I, just to me, that wouldn't make sense. Like, it, I don't, it, you're talking about Miko Satomura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I don't see why it would be a Japanese wrestler when... Like, well, who else would it be? I Karen Q is what I saw a lot of people say before mm-hmm. she broke her leg. She was uh, she was teaming with them with not them with um, Zia Lee. Mm-hmm. So and she's also, I believe, Chinese. So ah. maybe it's her. Maybe it's not. Only time will tell. After that, we saw what was supposed to be a match. Ever Rise was supposed to have a match. 
but they ended up getting attacked by grizzled young veterans. I was not expecting them at all. I popped for that. Yeah, and I'm I'm happy to, to see that they're back in NXT. Mm-hmm. Cool to see them on NXT. I loved the the WWE.com uh, promo afterwards that Matt Martell and Chase Parker cut. Their their online promos have been fantastic, and every promo of theirs ends with them um, hitting papers and files out of this one dude's hands. Mm-hmm. This one, uh, they're pissed off that they got attacked by grizzled young veterans. And Kevin Owens, who is someone who I've wanted to see with them for a long time now, comes into the room and tells them that the bell rang. They got attacked, so basically they won. And they changed their attitude like to, to feeling pissed off, to be like, yes, we won three weeks in a row. <laughs> and uh, then it was Kevin Owens who ended up hitting the papers out of the guy's hands. I thought it was so funny. I think they're great. I, I'm such a fan of Everrise. And uh, maybe maybe we'll see more of them with Kevin Owens at, at, at some point. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. So now in the main event of the evening, you saw Pete Dunne pick up the victory over Kyle O'Reilly in a War Games Advantage ladder match. Uh, talk about a hard-hitting match. Yeah, I liked uh, Pete Dunne suplexing Kyle, or, I, I mean, technically off the apron, but from the ring off the apron through the bridge ladder. Mm-hmm. I liked when uh, Pete moved out of the way and uh, Kyle landed right on his knee coming yeah, off the that, top that rope on the ladder. Was, that leg was a large as played a large aspect in the entire match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for both of them, we we saw Kyle O'Reilly lock a standing ankle lock off the ladder uh, to Pete Dunn, and then Pete Dunn missed a uh, an enziguri and hits the ladder. So both of them were definitely factoring in their their feet. Mm-hmm. And injuring that. But Kyle at one point climbs a ladder. A masked man who was dressed the same as the guy uh, who was later revealed to be Pat McAfee. Comes down, pushes the ladder. Kyle's outside, knocked out. Pete Dunn picks up the victory. I feel like it was a given that it was McAfee. I don't understand why they had to hide it. Well, I mean, if it was he, if it was a given did. that it was McAfee, it would have been revealed that it was McAfee. It was not Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. So who was it? I don't know. I know I, people people were saying maybe that they they thought it was Roderick Strong, but I thought were the three of them not up in the balcony? Yeah, they were. I believe they were up there. But why wouldn't it be McAfee? If they, it, well, it, they announced that McAfee wasn't there. And if it was McAfee, it would have been revealed to have been McAfee. Or maybe they want us to yet. think that it was Pat McAfee. Therefore, it's not Pat McAfee. I don't know. He did the McAfee jump. Yeah, but he he botched a little bit. So it wasn't McAfee. You know who else does a jump like McAfee to the to the ring? Brock Lesnar. And it wasn't exactly. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually exactly who I was going to go to. Brock Lesnar. Maybe it was Brock. I don't think so. And and maybe that means that he just lost a lot of weight. Maybe it means that Pat McAfee won't actually be in the war games match. That would be upsetting. And we'll find out next week who the other member is. Mm-hmm. Unless I don't know, unless they want to add Finn Balor to it, but he's probably still injured, mm-hmm. but that was NXT uh, moving over to NXT UK. Which opens with a big match. Jordan Devlin defeats Amir Jordan to retain the NXT 
Cruiserweight Championship, um, which now that people are traveling more between the UK and the United States, I wonder when or if we'll see Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar um, since Escobar is the current WWE or NXT Cruiserweight Champion as well. Uh, we also saw Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews attack Wild Boar and Primate when they were arriving to the arena. So that storyline continues. Ginny picked up a victory over Isla Dawn. And in the main event, the NXT UK Heritage Cup tournament comes to an end as A-Kid actually picks up the victory over Trent Seven. I was not expecting A-Kid to win this at all. I was 100% expecting Trent Seven. But this was a really good match. And I've said this from the start of the tournament. I've really enjoyed the the British-style rules. And I've enjoyed the whole tournament. It got me to watch NXT UK uh, without having to like fast-forward or whatnot. Um, and I, I really enjoy this match. So go out of your way to, to see this match for sure. Uh... I feel like I have to talk about main event because they had storyline on main event this week. Um, they had an episode of Ms. TV with Retribution, which is annoying that Retribution wasn't on Raw. They weren't on the pay-per-view. They weren't on Raw. But during this segment, R-Truth ran out being chased by Gobbledy Gooker. And... Truth runs off, but Retribution attacks Gooker. That's what they're doing with Retribution right now. Um, and then they also had Ricochet defeat Jeff Hardy, but Elias was playing guitar throughout the whole match, and then Jeff Hardy smashed a guitar over Elias's back afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's just weird that that Retribution segment happened, especially, like, who's seeing that? You wouldn't know to tune into main event. But moving over to SmackDown, Jay Uso opens the show to put Roman Reigns over. Uh, Roman Reigns came out, scolded Jay Uso for helping him during the main event of Survivor Series. Then after Roman Reigns left, Jay Uso was leaving as well, and Otis made his entrance first match. And Jey Uso attacked him with a chair. Took Otis out. Uh, we saw Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode making fun of Otis before their match. And then the Street Profits came out and made fun of them. And Dawkins said something about Robert Roode only being able to grow facial hair in one spot. Which alluded to Robert Roode's mustache that he used to have. But it's weird. I mean, like, the this promo doesn't make sense. Robert Roode has a full beard right now, so... I don't know why they'd have the Street Profits do that. I don't know if the promo was from a year ago or what, but I don't get it. But Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode defeated the Street Profits. Uh, it seemed like the Street Profits would have definitely won this match given their momentum coming off of Survivor Series, uh, defeating the Raw Tag Team Champions New Day. But that did not happen, surprisingly, although Dolph Ziggler cheated to... Uh, help Robert Roode pick up the victory here. We saw Sami Zayn come out trashing uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, gets cut off by Daniel Bryan. 
Sami Zayn then defeats Daniel Bryan via D, uh, not DQ, count out. Um, but this was a fun match. I popped for the brain buster on the apron that Sammy hit Daniel Bryan with. Uh, but Sami Zayn walked off. Daniel Bryan went after him. And Sami Zayn runs back to the ring before the 10 count. Uh, then they cut backstage and it's Jay Uso beating the absolute heck out of Daniel Bryan. Kevin Owens stopped it and went after Jay Uso. And Jay Uso spoke with Roman Reigns. Kevin Owens got into Roman Reigns and Jay Uso's faces. And uh, Roman Reigns then scolded Jay Uso because Kevin Owens does not fear Jay Uso. Uh, not Jay Uso, does not fear Roman Reigns. Um, well, I guess Jey Uso also. Next match, we saw Bianca Belair defeat Natalia. Bailey came out to watch the match, and Bianca Belair accidentally hit Bailey. Bailey gets up on the apron, and Belair knocks Natty into Bailey, who falls off the apron. And uh, Bianca Belair rolled Natty up to, to get the victory. I just wish out of this match, I wish they made Bianca Belair look stronger and not sort of have that victory over a, a, a minor distraction of sorts. Not a full, it wasn't a full distraction for Natalia, but a quick roll-up victory for, for someone like Bianca Belair, I think uh, they could do better. Uh, earlier in the night, we saw the Mysterios and Buddy Murphy being interviewed. It gets cut off by King Corbin, and he questioned if Murphy was just riding the coattails of Rey Mysterio and his name while uh, it still means something. And uh, out of this whole segment, I think Rey Mysterio had a really, really nice mask that I'd like to have. But the match goes on. Buddy Murphy picks up the victory over King Corbin. Uh I didn't understand having the Mysterios climb up on the apron during the match and distract King Corbin. To me, they clearly should have been kicked for ringside. The match ends. Dominic trips Baron Corbin. Buddy Murphy knees Corbin in the face to win. And then Corbin gets, gets on the microphone and challenges Murphy to a rematch next week and said that he'll be prepared for it. Um, he was supposed to be facing Otis this week. I don't know if him being prepared means he's showing up with backup, uh, against Rey Mysterio and Dominic. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't know who his backup could possibly be, but after that, we saw a backstage segment with Big E and Apollo Crews, Sami Zayn, uh, came and, and, and bragged about the ways uh, he, he beat Daniel Bryan, he beat Apollo Crews, and then Big E ran down the cheap victories that Sami Zayn's been having uh, via Countout and uh, Vertigo, etc. And Sami Zayn told Big E that his Intercontinental Championship run was a long time ago, very forgettable, and then Big E held his hand for 10 seconds, stopping at 5 to... Uh, just pay homage to NXT version of Big E, which I pop for. So it seems like Big E might be the next challenger for the Intercontinental Championship. We saw Billy Kay ringside giving Michael Cole and Corey Graves her resume. Uh, but Michael Cole like did the, the throat thing, like cut it off. 
And I guess they didn't accept her as the, the commentator because she wasn't doing commentary after that. But we saw Carmella cut a promo on Sasha Banks. Sasha showed up through sparkling wine. I can't actually call it champagne. I don't know if it was in Carmella's face. And then she locked in the bank statement. So that feud is heating up. And in the main event, we saw Kevin Owens defeat Jay Uso via disqualification. Jay Uso used the chair on Kevin Owens. Um, but Kevin Owens was able to hit a stunner. He attacked him with the chair. He spoke directly to Roman Reigns through the camera and said that he doesn't fear anyone, not even Roman Reigns. He called Roman Reigns out. He sat at the, the head of the table on the commentary team, uh, the commentary table, and Reigns just stood there backstage. He didn't come out to help Jey Uso. He didn't come out to fight with Kevin Owens. So I assume next week we will be seeing some sort of fallout from that. Um, But that was SmackDown really quickly. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to a quick ad break. And we'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out comes from Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up, untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. I've used so many store-bought buzzers before, and they never do the trick. Every single time, my chestnuts get, uh, you know, nicked and cut up, and it's not fun at all, especially during the holiday season. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. And that's why I got two of them. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant under your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to manscape, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS, that's three. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Ho, 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 ho. 
Back on Mark Knapp, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Um, it is the holiday season, and we're still stoked to have Manscaped aboard. Go to manscaped.com, use the coupon code REGARDLESS, save 20% off and free shipping. Um, jingle balls, jingle balls, jingle balls all the way. But, uh, you know, I had a, a very long day today. Came home, took a nice shower, used some of that crop preserver right on the old uh, nether regions. Feeling fantastic. So, as I always say, go to manscaped.com. Use the coupon code regardless. Save 20% off and free shipping this holiday season regardless. Uh, And let's kick it off with some pro wrestling talk and talk about Impact Wrestling. From this week, uh, you had Matt Stryker on commentary this week uh, joining Josh Matthews because Madison Rain had to prepare for wrestler's court. Um, you know, the doctor informed uh, Scott Demore that Johnny Bravo is in stable condition, but he's not the same Johnny Bravo that we know and love. Really uh, playing this angle up, which was uh, great. Uh, first up in the Knockouts Tag Team Title Tournament, you had Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles pick up the victory over the Sea Stars of Delmi Exo and Ashley Fox. Um, it's an you can say it's like an enhancement. It's not it wasn't an enhancement talent match because it was a good tag team match, but it was more of like an enhancement talent match. To get Tasha Steeles and uh, Kiara Hogan over. Uh, after this, however, Jordan Grace makes a big big announcement, saying that her tag partner for the tournament is going to be Jazz veteran jazz we see you saw her everywhere and anywhere so that's cool you know bringing this you know new up and rising star in jordan grace and then bring uh a veteran like jazz in i'm all about it that's pretty cool you had ethan page backstage with josh alexander saying he took out doc gallows he's gonna be out for four or six weeks and they can't challenge the good brothers for their uh championship and tonight, you know, Ethan Page is supposed to be facing off against a phenomenal opponent. And he said he's going to take care of him. And we had this big, big wrestler's court. You know, Johnny Swinger versus the boys. It was first to be Tommy Dreamer as the judge. And then it turned out to be uh, D'Lo Brown. But it was a DeLorean Brown, which I thought was hysterical. And I thought he did such a good job. But he bangs on the gravel. He's like, you better recognize I thought it was so good. But they call up all the suspects. They call up the Deaners. They call up Falaba. They call up AC Romero. Uh, and P- and they said Johnny Swinger's fingerprints were on the gun. By the way, again, Johnny Swinger, hilarious. He had to put the the neck gimmick on. He's like, oh, why did you do this? Like, they told me to put it on there, daddy. And he's just laughing through it. I thought it was so funny. Um, but ev- otherwise, uh, at the end of the segment, it was revealed that Rosemary wanted to get some sort of, uh, you know, something out of him because apparently a virgin's blood on, on his wedding night is the most purest form of all. Johnny Bravo then makes his way into later in the night though, in like the second segment, you had Johnny Bravo make his way into the courtroom, you know, saying Eliza, well, he said it wasn't Rosemary. But he knows, he knows who it was, and it was not Rosemary. It was somebody else, and I guess they're going to continue this going on to next week, who it was. You know, even Dr. James Mitchell was in there, too. He had to testify as well. Um, but th- this is fun. I like this a lot. This is a v- very fun segment. Oh, I remember who it was. It turned out to be, he used that special perfume, and it turned out not to be Larry D., but it turned out to be Lawrence. He's like, yeah, did you shoot me? He's like, you damn right I did. So it looks like Lawrence shot him. Total Larry move 
there if you follow uh, you know me talking about people being Larrys on the show. Next up, you had uh, a Defeat Rohit Challenge, which Crazy Steve, who was, you know, suicide, was then unmasked, uh, picked up the victory over Rohit Raju, uh, this being a non-title match, so Rohit still has his title. And I like this. Was has been, had, like, you know, last week we saw Suicide 2. Do you think that Crazy Steve played Suicide last week, too? But anyway, they're, they're setting up now. It's going to be Crazy Steve versus Rohit for the X Division title. I like Crazy Steve just because. And also, he's, you know, a solid wrestler in and itself. Um, and Converge fan. Got to support him on that. Uh, next up, you had Kimberly pick up the victory over uh, the debuting Killer Kelly. Who looked awesome. And I thought this was a great solid knockouts match. And I think Killer Kelly is a great addition to this knockouts division. I mean, she's going to be teaming with Renee Michelle, who, you know, escorted her to the ring for this match. I think, don't get me wrong, but I think it's Deanna Prazo and Kimberly versus Renee Michelle and Killer Kelly in the uh, tournament. So we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, you have the Mortis and Machine Guns backstage. Alex Shelley revealing his neck is fully healed. He's ready for action. And they have a three-step process of how they're going to get back the X Division titles. Step one is the Triple XL. Step two is the North. And step three is the Good Brothers. Next up, you have Chris Bay uh, is interrupted with a conversation with Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Uh, he, said, he insists... That he has to have a match between him and Rich Swan, which would draw draw big draw draw big money. Uh, intentions rising after uh, Rich uh, Rich Swan calls him a loser. So uh, next up, you have this big phenomenal match where Ethan Page comes out to the ring, then Carl Anderson comes out and he has to introduce his phenomenal opponent, and you hear the music, his old Impact music, which was great. And it's not one of Luke Gallows' minions. It's not AJ Styles. It's AJ Swaggle, who picks a, it's Swaggle Horn Swaggle dressed up like AJ Styles, and he did it to a T. I thought it was great. Swaggle picks up the victory over Ethan Page, uh, as you know he uh, turns his back to Swaggle as Carl uh, Anderson takes out Josh Alexander on the outside. This was so well done. I love this. And it it shows you the versatility of Hornswoggle on your roster. You know, one day you can have him in like a pseudo serious match with Brian Myers. The next the next week you can have him, you know, doing funny comedic stuff like this. It's great. I love it. Um, you have a match between Falaba and Davari ends in a no contest as Joe Doring. And EY Eric Young come out and, you know, cut a promo. And then Rhino comes out and gets taken out, uh, you know, tries to take him out. And But un- unfortunately, the numbers game add up to Joe Doring and EY. You have a backstage pro- promo Brian Myers. He just disrespects TJP, Crazy Steve, uh, AJ Sw- Swaggle. And he says that Impact, this isn't the Impact he signed up for. Then you have your big main event as Rich Swan picks up the victory and successfully defends his Impact World Championship against Ken Shamrock. 
Um, I liked this match. The bigger story came after the match. I mean, I like the ending, too, because you think Ken Shamrock's going to get this chokehold on him, and Rich Swan just kind of does, like, the, you know, rolls him over, gets his shoulders down for, for, the, for the win, the one, two, and the three. Uh, but post-match, you have Sammy Callahan... Uh, join the ring with Ken Shamrock, who you know punches out the referee. He takes, and then Sammy Callahan hitting a sick package pile driver. Um, then he takes out the Callahan Slugger, and Eddie Edwards runs out, and Shamrock and Callahan make the, turn their attention to Eddie Edwards. They beat him up, and Sammy Callahan lays out Eddie Edwards with another shot. From the baseball bat. You know, you remember a couple of years ago, there was that big, the shot heard around the world where, you know, Sammy missed the ch- or missed the chair and it hit Eddie Edwards in the eye. So they're trying to recreate this spot, but they're doing it safely. As you could see, like, you know, he they busted his head and then all of a sudden, me being particular Mark, uh, overcritical Mark thinking here, he's like, oh my God, you could see the blood packet in his hand, um, which was my only thing. But it's a, it's a cool... I guess you can go to the next pay-per-view or next Impact Plus special where you could have Eddie Edwards and Rich Swan against Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock where they can, you know, maybe pick up the victory and that can go to Sammy Callahan versus Rich Swan and maybe get Sammy Callahan back on top here. Overall, great Impact as well. I thought it was a really great. I thought all the wrestlers court stuff was funny. They kind of continue with it going into next week. Um, you'll maybe you'll see Lawrence versus Johnny Bravo. Just keep Johnny Swinger on my TV with whatever he's doing cuz it was it's hilarious. I think it's really funny. And they have such a diverse roster at Impact that um, they can do stuff like this. So, and uh, it's, it was nice to see Tommy Dreamer with a man bun. So next up, let's go over to All Elite Wrestling, AEW Dynamite. You kick off the show with Hangman Page picking up the victory over John Silver in, you know, I, I keep saying it every week. This is a dark, this is a coming, like the past like month or so has kind of been a, a, a coming out party for John Silver. And like him as a singles wrestler, and he shows it by, you know, going toe-to-toe with one of the best uh, the top stars in AEW. So he, unfortunately, John Silver doesn't pick up the victory, but afterwards the Dark Order comes out and they say, you know, we're not here to jump you at him. You know, we have regrets um, and they still want to be friends. We're not a cult um, and we're here for you. And they leave. So kind of seeding maybe Adam Page going to the Dark Order. You have Brian Alvarez. Next up, uh, you know, interviewing Kenny Omega. You know, he says, you know, he doesn't know who... Uh, you know, he's back. He's the big bat machine. He's the cleaner. He's going to win the, you know, he's going to win the uh, AEW championship and winner is coming, which is next week. It, it Man, time is just flying. Wow. Uh, wow, that sounded real lame of me. But anyway, they're going to have a straight up wrestling match next week. There's going to be no tables. There's going to be no thumbtacks. There's going to be no chairs. As Brandon likes to say, you know, a typical John Moxley match. And I want to see that. You know, maybe they'll have a, a Meltzer six-star match uh, next week on AEW, and he'll be just flinging all the stars at them. Next up, Will Hobbs, who is now going by Powerhouse Hobbs. I like the, the subtle name change, and I, I spoke about how I like this stable. Picks up a victory over Lee Johnson. Really easy squash match for him. Uh, but afterwards, Taz gets on the microphone and cuts about how nobody cares about the FTW championship. No one wants to celebrate this, this, that, and the other thing. He's sick and tired. His mic gets cut off. 
he gets jo- Josh Matthews, no, not Josh Matthews, Justin Roberts' microphone. That gets cuts off. Then Cody comes out. And, he, you know, comes out in business tire. He says, listen, listen, you know, we're done. I'm coming out of here to respect you. and We're not wasting your time. You know, this, that, and the other thing. Um, and Taz replies to him, the only reason that, you know, the, you know, he's not he's out here because he doesn't think his title's being taken care of. Cody then, uh, you know, goes on to tell him that Cody's been uh, training Taz's son, which then, like, all heck breaks loose. You know, the gun club comes in to break this up. Uh, Hook, Taz's son, and Taz walk away with the FTW championship. Uh, next up, tag team action as TH2, the hybrid two, pick up the victory over Top Flight. Um, I don't think this match was as good of a showing as last week's match was, but I thought it was good, and I was surprised that TH2 picked up the victory here. You know, they've been kind of hyping up Top Flight. So, um, I, you know, and I liked Angelico's finisher, which was really cool. Uh, and maybe this was maybe set up another high fly spot monkey fest match between TH2 and the Young Bucks. So, uh, yeah, a good, uh, good, good solid action with that, with that tag team match. Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero are backstage as they cut a promo on Brandy Rose and nepotism. Uh, you know, and they say that, uh, Brandy Rose, it looks like your business plan is set up for failure if you need advice to call her. So maybe it's setting up a Nyla Rose, Brandy, Vicky Guerrero type storyline here with Jade Cargill, who was, like, nowhere to be seen besides, uh, you know, one backstage promo. Next up, you have Chris Jericho and Jake Hager picking up the victory over SCU. Christopher Daniels and Frank Gazarian. They hyped this one up. You know, this is the first time that Chris Jericho and uh, Christopher Daniels were in the ring at the same time. Obviously, you knew that uh, Jericho was going to hit. Jericho was going to get the win. He gets it with the Judas effect. Uh, after you know, and also with the help of NJ- MJF as he uh, hit the uh, diamond ring on Christopher Daniels for Jericho to hit the Judas effect. Uh, but straight the numbers here as the inner circle came out. Cash tried to help out, but you know, and and, and Scorpio Sky goes goes to help out as well. So uh, next week they set it up: Daniels versus Kazarian, one on one action, first time in the ring for those guys, which I feel is interesting too. You know, they've both been on the AEW roster for a year and they've never had a singles competition. Strange. Uh, Kip and the Best Man Miro are going to debut their uh, video game extravaganza segment. Um, uh, before they get this started, Arge Cassidy walks in and turns off their projector, and this leads to a big backstage brawl. So maybe we'll see another best friends uh, backstage brawl fight, which was, you know, maybe one of my highlight matches of 2020. And now it's time for it. You have this big contract signing, as they tried to do last week for the AEW World Championship match. For next week, um, you know, Kenny Omega gets his big obnoxious uh obnoxious uh, entrance you know i think they said I, I i don't quote me on it but i think somebody said it was like kind of comparing it to like when michael jordan came out because you know kenny's not in north carolina but it, it's a it's an homage to him i could be wrong and if i'm wrong it's okay because i'm just a wrestling fan on a podcast talking about wrestling however kenny omega standing you see his highlight you see his, his cleaners come out and then you see john moxley behind him and John Moxley beats the ever living poop out of him. John Moxley beats him to the ring, and he also hits a huge paradigm shift. 
and he uh, signs his contract. So this match is ready and uh, raring to go. Next up for the AEW World Women's Championship, Hikaru Shida picks up the victory over Anna Jay, number 99. Um, again, I feel like AEW is starting to get such like quality women's wrestling in there. And it's just like, oh, hey, Hikaru Shida's going to pick up another one. Oh, they're going to defend her again. Oh, my God, she's going to miraculously defeat Nia Rose. I feel like they have to do something more with it. Uh, but... I mean, the match was great. I like Anna Jay a lot. I feel like she should have won it. And I said it last week. The Dark Order needs something right now. They need some sort of, like, presence of, like, greatness. And I feel like the women's title would have been perfect for them. However, AEW has different plans. This Again, I'm just a, a fanboy here talking about professional wrestling. And then main of... Oh, I, I, the biggest thing out of this. Afterwards... <laughs> Hikarashita's celebrating, and Abaddon's music hits. She walks out, all creepy, scary-like, and you could have, the face that Hikarashita made, you could turn that into a meme, because she was, like, looked so, like, fake scared on it, and Abaddon's really scary, so maybe they're gonna put the title, maybe she'll get so scared of Abaddon that she'll lose to her and lose the title, and they can have some sick, you know, backstage promos with Abaddon and everything she does, so... Pretty cool. Main event time, you had the Butcher and the Blade pick up the victory over Pac and Ray Phoenix. Uh, you had Eddie Kingston on commentary, but, you know, this match was a lot of uh, more great tag team wrestling out of AEW. But it was Eddie Kingston's distraction which led to the Butcher and the Blade picking up the victory. So everybody's celebrating. You know, they start beating up the Death Triangle. You know, Eddie Kingston hits a steel chair, uh, a DDT and a steel chair to pack. When was the last time you saw someone just hit a steel chair as like a big move instead of like, oh, random move in a match? But they didn't celebrate for long as out of nowhere, Lance Archer comes out and just takes out all the family, you could say, tries to take out all of them, beats up everybody. So I guess it's kind of showing you, hey, Lance Archer's still here. You know, he's still a dominant force in AEW. What's going to be next for him? What, is he going to beat up the entire family? Is he going to beat up just Eddie Kingston? Is he going to join the Death Triangle? It'll be the Death Square. Who knows? But anyway, uh, solid AEW for you. Um, And that's all the professional wrestling that I want to talk about this week. Um, and until then, let's get to Chris's Match of the Week. Chris's Match of the Week. Chris's Match of the Week. Match of the Week this week. Um, we spoke about his uh, career ending at the beginning of the show. And I think I mentioned this match in the beginning of the show. Undertaker versus Undertaker from SummerSlam 1994. This was like the first pay-per-view I think I ever watched. Um, my biological father had a friend that lived in Florida that he worked with who moved down there and he had one of those cracked cable boxes. So we were at the pay-per-view and I remember that. I remember like the Leslie Nielsen promos that led up to it looking for The Undertaker. Um, and it was The Undertaker that beat The Undertaker. It's on the network. One of my uh, earliest memories of The Undertaker and Godspeed again to the dead man. And, uh, you know, bless him in all of his great cameos that he's doing. Uh, especially to all elite Scooby. So anyway, next up, Brandon, who are you shouting out? This is Yoda, and listening to Brandon's shout-outs, you are. 
Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom gets the first shout out. I know you have not seen this program. Nope. It's a show on Disney Plus. I don't even think you have Disney Plus. <laughs> nope. Um, but it takes the viewer behind the scenes at Disney's Animal Kingdom, as well as Animal Kingdom Lodge and Epcot. And it reminds me a little bit of, of um, Crikey, It's the Irwins, but it's Disney World instead. And uh, I, I'm such a fan of it. It's cool to see like the behind the scene aspects of all those parks and uh, and all the animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. The next shout out goes to Joe Rody, who announced he's retiring in January after 40 years with Disney. He is an Imagineer who he's worked on so many projects. Most famously was Disney's Animal Kingdom. And without Joe, I don't know what that park would look like at all. I know it was his idea to come up with that tree of life with all those carvings of the animals in them. Uh, He worked on most recently, I believe, Pandora, the world of Avatar. So, uh, and I always, I always kind of hope to have met him one day, but I don't think that'll ever happen. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so high high expectations. Yeah. So it's, it's cool to have a 40 year career with Disney, especially like being known for stuff like that. So um, it's cool, but. The last shout-out, sticking with the 30 years of Undertaker. Again, I'm giving a shout-out to Undertaker and Midian versus Ken Shamrock and Mankind, which was a match that took place from the very first live event that I went to in April 1999 at Madison Square Garden. I don't really remember much from the event, but it was literally five days before the corporate ministry formed. And nine days before the union formed. So it's cool to to look back at a match result like that. And see like, oh, Undertaker and Midian. They were obviously, they were part of the ministry. But then they went on to become the corporate ministry. And Ken Shamrock and Mankind formed the union together. So hmm. I think that's cool. And it's awesome that Undertaker had that big, uh, had the 30 year career in WWE. And it was awesome uh, just to pay tribute to Undertaker this, this month with shout-outs. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for our, our Mark Out Moment of the Week. That is right, our mark out moment of the week. I know you spoke about it earlier. I have to say, Goblin Gooker becoming uh, the 24 7 champion, I pop for, even though it wasn't Hector Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're also they're auctioning a thing off a signed 24 7 championship from him. That's so pretty I funny. That was funny. Um, and I know you also spoke about it earlier. Rey Mysterio versus Kalisto in that battle royal. Yeah, Definitely need I think that more it's of hard that. not to mark out over that aspect. Yeah. And then ultimately, I guess the Undertaker ceremony. Um, I don't know what your thoughts were on that, but uh, I know a lot of people were somewhat disappointed. What? Yeah, because you had all those legends come out and they literally did nothing. 
you can never please fans. But that in that aspect, such... in that aspect, I do understand, like, because you had such name power and they literally did nothing. What did you want them to do? I don't know. It was just like, it could have been like a thing where they were all in the ring together with, with Undertaker or something, but they all disappeared. You brought out Vince McMahon who cuts a promo and, and drops WWF, which I pop for. Uh, and then I hate fans. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but then they 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 had a, a Zuzaphone to play Undertaker's theme, which I was like, what the hell is going on right now? <laughs> I thought it was I, definitely interesting that they had that. I love that. And then uh, they had the Paul Bearer hologram, which for years now I've been saying we need a Paul Bearer hologram. So it was cool to finally get that. I don't know if it was really a hologram. It I, it was it, because you could see um, the ropes through it. I kind of, I was talking to Chris. I think that it was just on the screen. It wasn't on the screen because you saw the ropes. I don't if know. If you go it, back and look at that picture of Paul Bearer, you see the ring rope. I don't know. I, that's what I thought it was maybe on the screen, but you definitely yeah. see ring rope. So it definitely was not on the screen. I don't know if it was really a hologram. Well, that's but I mean that's what a hologram is. I don't I don't know, but I was a I, this was my mark out moment of the week. It obviously with the Godwins, the Savio Vega, Kane in his full gimmick. The only I, one in full gimmick. <laughs> yeah, I marked out for all of that. But yeah, and it was and it was cool because um, before Survivor Series, Rikishi posted a picture of BSK all together. In the MCO airport hotel. And it's like, holy crap. We're going to see all these guys at Survivor Series probably. And then during the kickoff show, we saw Rikishi with Jay Uso for a split second. But you had to assume more was going to be coming from that with the other members of BSK. Because why else would they have BSK all there? Mm -hmm. Bone Street crew for people who don't know. The group that uh, used to play dominoes backstage. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was really cool altogether. Obviously, there were some people missing who who probably should have been there, but I I understand at times like this, it's got to be tough to to get places and yeah. And on and the other everybody. hand, you, on the other hand, with the Undertaker, he's had so many feuds in his past where you can't have everybody there too. Right. So um, all in all, I, I appreciated the heck out of that segment at Survivor Series. I mean, I even marked out for the uh, the another round with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Undertaker after. Yeah, Broken Skull Session 2 was really well done. Um, so yeah. And that was two hours long. If you haven't checked that out, definitely check that out. Yeah, I still have to finish it, but I loved it so far. But yeah, that's episode 512 this week. Uh, Want to take us home? Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your support. Make sure you go check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Go look at us like on Facebook. Go follow us on Twitter. Make sure you go check out Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and all of that fun stuff on YouTube and on Twitch because we are on Twitch. And this upcoming Sunday, Chris will be gaming with you. So make sure you go check that out. And also on Instagram. We wish you a very happy Thanksgiving <laughs> as well. We wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. But 
we wish you the... the best, best of luck in your future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week.